Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. You're listening to The Jay Shapiro Show. Hello again, this is Jay Shapiro. Thanks for listening. This coming Sunday is Jerusalem Day, Yom Yerushalayim. It is the day that the old city was captured by the Israeli army, taken away from the Jordanian army in 1967. It was the first time in 1900 years that Jewish sovereignty was returned to our ancient capital. Actually, it was longer than that since 2,000 years ago, the city was under control of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire exists today only in archaeological relics and history books, while the Jews are flourishing in their homeland. But in 1967, the governor of Israel made a historical mistake. They turned control of the Temple Mount to the Muslim authorities who have made life difficult for Israel and the Jews. Now, the government, our government, has given permission to a group to march to the old city and to the Western Wall in Jerusalem on Jerusalem Day. This will require thousands of policemen and soldiers and border patrol guards to protect the marchers. Now think about this for a moment. In the capital of the state of Israel, hundreds are needed to physically protect Jews marching in our capital to the holiest site in the Jewish world, the Western Wall. This is indicative of the failure of our government to know what sovereignty really means. That's the situation today. With all the positive things about Israel, and there are many positive things, ranging from high tech to refuge for Jews in danger, and everything in between, the fact that there are parts of our capital that are dangerous to Jews is an embarrassment. I don't know when there will be a solution to this ridiculous situation, but it's something that remains on the Jewish agenda, and the solution must be found. We cannot be foreigners in our own capital, historical capital city. I'll be back after the break. did a nice Jewish girl from Delaware end up living in Israel? Shalom! I'm Natalie Sapinski. Join me on my show, Returning Home. Meet different people who have moved to Israel. Hear their personal stories, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Each week, we talk to experts on immigration and the process of moving to Israel. Listen to Returning Home every Thursday, only on Israel News Talk Radio. You're listening to The Jay Shapiro Show. Hello again, this is Jay Shapiro. 
Israel has a national security blind spot. It's called effective public relations. In Hebrew, it's called Hasbara. Israel does it really badly. Israel's enemies know that they cannot defeat the Jewish state militarily, so they have turned to influence the public with a straightforward, one-sided narrative that plays fast and loose with facts and with context. Taking control of the narrative of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is happening right now, and Israel's enemies are winning. A recent poll by the Jewish Electorate Institute revealed that 38% of American Jews under the age of 40 think that Israel is an apartheid state. 33% think it's committing genocide against the Palestinian people, and 20% think that Israel doesn't have a right to exist. The first thing Israel needs to do is to acknowledge the problem and admit the image has been handed poorly. Then it needs to raise public relations importance to the level of a national security priority of the first order. Without a coordinated public relations strategy with the financial resources to make a difference, Israel's ability to educate and influence the American public with its compelling case will continually be undermined. Winning this is essential not only for Israel, but America also needs a strong Israel as it pivots its efforts to the Far East to confront China. But just reacting to propaganda attacks and being on the defensive is a guaranteed losing hand. The mantra for Israel public relations is to go on the offensive continually. Use personal narratives to illustrate Israel's human tragedies because of Palestinian terrorism, inspired by blatant Jew hatred thinly veiled behind anti-Zionism. An example of what it means to go on the offensive against the false charge of Israel being an apartheid state would be to publicize the Palestinian law that forbids selling rent to Jews, which is much more appropriate analogy to Southern South African apartheid. The systematic failure of Israeli public diplomacy is a long-standing open secret. Because the country's diplomatic bodies are dispersed among the assortment of ministerial and security frameworks, it's highly unlikely that the system as a whole will ever be strengthened and revitalized. A formula to establish a central and synchronized public diplomacy body has not yet been found. It appears that Israel has still not internalized the full value of either dynamic public diplomacy or sophisticated psychological warfare. Now, there are some signs that things may be changing. Israel's government now brought not only a new prime minister and a foreign minister, but it ended the 12-year reign of Benjamin Netanyahu, who downgraded the foreign service budget and with it a potent tool to improve its public diplomacy. Bibi thought he did Hasbara better than anyone, and perhaps he did. 
but relying on one person for effective public relations, especially one so divisive in America, was a self-inflicted wound, wound, especially with so many English-speaking orators who could have amplified his message. According to Gary Rosenblatt, the former editor and publisher of The Jewish Week, Netanyahu was incomprehensibly rude to American Jewish journalists antagonizing pro-Israel friends. Bennett, our, now, our prime minister now, is fluent in English. He's the son of American immigrants, so he should not be shy about being out front in the public relation war. Now, the foreign minister, Yair Lapid, seems to get it. Get it. In a news conference at the foreign ministry uh, some, uh, a few months ago, Lapid lamented, lamented that failed Israeli public relations is partially to blame for the current peak of anti-Semitic and Israel bashing. The state of Israel is in trouble, he said. It's time to come to tell Israel's story differently. Lapid said that the Strategic Areas Ministry had been folded into the Foreign Ministry in an effort to concentrate and improve Israel's public relations, and the ministry's budget was being boosted significantly. According to him, in the past years, Israel has abandoned its foreign service, abandoned the international arena, and then we woke up one morning to find out our international standing has been weakened. The management of the relation, for example, with the Democratic Party in the United States was careless and even dangerous. The Republicans are important to Israel, their friendship is important to Israel, but not only the friendship of the Republican Party. We find ourselves with a Democratic White House, a Democratic Senate, a Democrat House, and they seem to be angry at Israel. So we have to change the way we work with them. This will be an uphill battle with the rise of the anti-Israel progressive wing, particularly in the Democratic Party. So let us let's hope that we have the courage to make the required changes. The question we have to ask is: Will this government, like almost all before it, relegate the issue of Israel's public relations? both in times of war and peace, to second and third tier priorities. The damage done by Israel's mixed messaging during a, the recent Gaza war may have created a tipping point against Israel and the American Congress, with the anti-Israel pro-Palestinian voice moving to center stage. For the first time, too many pro-Israel Democrats remained on the sidelines, not openly defending Israel. They allowed a moral equivalence narrative to take hold, doing a wholly inadequate job of defending Israel from the malicious charges of indiscriminate attacks on Palestinian civilians, you know, or explaining the importance Israel plays in advancing American national security interests. Democrats hold that Israel's PR was abysmal, making them less willing to take the risk of supporting Israel. There was also legitimate fear from the ascendant anti-Israel members of both parties, but particularly the Democrats, that if they defended Israel, they could run into trouble and maybe not get reelected. So Israel's go governing coalition of, uh, hangs by a thread in our Knesset, 
and it has much on its plate. It's tasked with advancing the nation's interests at home and abroad while not losing even a single vote of a member along the way. Making the case to prioritize public relations may be a hard sell. Palestinians and their supporters speak with one message of victim and victimizer, occupier and occupied, that resonates an American nation that is increasingly ignorant of the history of the Middle East, out-of-context, heart-wrenching narratives followed by charges of apartheid get coverage in the United States, especially when they come from progressive Jewish organizations like J Street that seem more pro-Palestinian than their self-designation as pro-Israel. Photos of children killed during the war are relatively blamed reflexively on Israel, even if it's from a misfired Hamas rocket, but they they managed to propagandize against Israel quite well, and that is a major problem. Israel is losing the public relations war really badly, and there's no reason for that. Israel does so well in the other areas of importance of high tech, of the military, just about every area, Israel is a leader and except in one area that can really affect our future, the area of public relations. There are enough English-speaking people who could be employed by the government to present our case. They they could have a media center with practical training for television or print and radio and social media. This would cover everything from learning how to develop talking points, writing op-eds, learning how to avoid getting trapped by questions of an interview hostile to Israel, learning to be effective in social media platforms used in English is an absolute must. A real media studio with a mock TV and radio studio studio would allow those trained to feel comfortable in front of the camera. Every politician, diplomat, and person qualified for the English-speaking world would need to consider himself or herself a student requiring improvement. In other words, Israel, unfortunately, has been losing, consistently losing the public relations war, and it really is foolish that it's losing. There are enough well-spoken English speakers who could present Israel's case if the government would somehow organize itself in order to get these people involved. We have, there's a tremendous even surplus of people who could present Israel's image in a positive way, and they are simply not being used. I think that's a real tragedy. I know myself, there are all kinds of English speakers I know who will really be willing and want very much to represent Israel to the foreign, foreign nations and the foreign press. I'll be back after the break.
You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany is but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel, Phantom Nation, every Monday. You think you can get real news about Israel from major news sources located far away from Israel? Think again. Get it from the source. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to The Jay Shapiro Show. You're back with James Shapiro. A little over a year ago, during one of the battles between Israel and the terrorists, there was a lot of unrest in the mixed cities in Israel. Mixed cities, I mean like uh, Lud or Akko, with our Jewish populations living together with Arab populations. And there was a lot of rioting by the Israeli Arabs against their neighbors. And this was really something that was not uh, totally unexpected, but the amount of rioting and the uh, the lack of uh, neighborliness, neighborliness, to put it mildly, was shocking. So we have to talk about how to live together, Jews and Arabs, in a state which is and should always be the nation-state of the Jewish people. We have to be painfully honest about what happened in Israel between Arabs and Jews last year. It was really a national struggle, not a full-fledged civil war, but definitely something which could and still develop into a civil war. Now, obviously, not all Arabs participated in the mayhem. Far from it. Only a minority did, but silent majority almost completely refrained from showing in action and words its disagreement with the rioters. All this is happening at a time when it seems that the outside Arab world, as well as one important Arab-Israeli party, that of Mansour Abbas, are moving towards a historic reconciliation with Israel, hoping that hopefully. It is real. In fact, the riots last year happened exactly in order to reverse this process, and if it was not for the pretext of events in certain neighborhoods uh, or in a Temple Mount, for example, it would have happened because of other genuine or manufactured pretexts. If the reality is that the forces which are opposed to the reconciliation process between Arabs and Jews are so effective, then we need to realize that there was a gross misunderstanding of the mood of Arab Israelis on the part of so many Jews. It has to do with the notion that the relationships between Jews and Arabs in Israel can be conducted separate from the national struggle still in place between many Arabs in the Middle East and the Palestinians in Gaza and Judea and Samaria and against the state of the Jewish people. 
With Arab-Israelis, the problems are on the civic level only, or mostly. This is a belief which played well with most Jews, because if that is where the problem is, then we can easily solve it, for example, by including Arabs in the coalition and the Knesset, or even more so in the government itself. And that is exactly what Israel did. There is an Arab party, which is part of the ruling coalition. Question is, is this going to work? The problem is not civic, it's religious and national, and hence the solutions are very hard to come by. It is so because it's for the Arabs as a minority to live with the fact which cannot change that Israel is a state which provides a national solution to Jews, not to Arabs. It is not something which a big majority of, of Israeli Arabs are ready to accept. And they'll probably continue to resist it, even if there will be changes in some aspects of everyday life in Israel. And changes there should be, and they should be comprehensive and far-reaching. But they could never mean that Israel ceases to be what Israel is, the Jewish state. Oh, the changes should include the inclusion of more Arabs in the public service and the legal system, as well as relaxing restrictions or inclusion in the industries. Uh, sometimes this is based on the fact that there are industries connected with security of state and they don't allow Arabs into these industries. The, uh, it, it, this is something real. This is a real problem. So Israel is a real democracy and as such is ready and willing to accept the participation of a minority in its everyday life. The question is, is it a hostile minority or a not hostile minority? But it has to be made very clear. There will not be changes which will allow the minority to have a collective status equal to that of the Jewish majority. And this is where the Arabs are the ones who have to make the painful decision from their perspective. Israel was created as a Jewish country, the only Jewish country in the world. We have a large Arab minority. This is the reality. The, the Arabs are the ones who have to decide whether they want to accept the situation or go against it. And if they're going to go against it, how are they going to go against it? Going against it with parliamentarians, members of the Knesset, Arab members of the Knesset who praise the enemy in the Knesset is reprehensible. Being, play, being players in the Israeli national soccer team and not singing Hatikva at the beginning of the game is perhaps acceptable, so it's not nice to watch. There are many more examples like that. Being parliamentarians, however, who actively agitate for acts of violence against the very existence of the state is something else altogether. Not singing is a ball at a ball game is not the same as voting on things or not voting on things that affect the Jewish majority in the state. There, there are certain red lines that simply cannot be crossed. The, uh, there are members of the parliament, Arab members, who actively agitate for active violence 
against the very existence of the state, that cannot be accepted. That's a red line. The one which separates the democracy which defends itself from deteriorating into anarchy. The state of Israel must wake up to the reality. In a sense, the old mirror is broken. So what's the new one? It is imperative to reassert law and order everywhere in the country and to do it effectively, not just to talk about it. It is necessary to apply law and order in Arab as well as Jewish neighborhoods so that agitators from both sides can be stopped. One of the problems we have now is next Sunday is uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm recording this program during the week. This program is going to be broadcast on Sunday. Sunday is Jerusalem Day, and there's a group of Jews who wish to parade through the old city in Jerusalem. And apparently at the moment they have gotten permission by the police to do so. I don't know how many policemen are going to be needed to protect this group, but it's it's symbolic of the problem. Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, the Jewish state. We cannot allow the threat of a mob to keep Jews from marching through their capital to the holiest spot in Judaism, to the Western Wall. And the very fact that there are those, even among the Jewish community, and Jewish legislators who don't want to allow this uh, march to take place shows that there is something wrong. You cannot let the mob determine how we are going to celebrate the uh, Jerusalem Day. We live in a tough reality. Now, the, the right now, the Ram Party, an Arab party, is included in the government and uh, even if he represents a minority among Arab Israelis, you know, a minority that wants to get along with the Jews, then this minority should be included, not excluded, in order to demonstrate that the criterion for inclusion is acceptance of the fundamentals of the state rather than ethnicity or religion. Allowing an Arab party with participate in the government means it must recognize that this is a Jewish state. Now, obviously, it seems to me that the government should embark on a wide-ranging program of reforms designed to make it easier for the Arabs to want to integrate into Israel as the nation-state of Jewish people. They should be assisted. At the same time, the government should deal harshly against those who do not accept this. The thoughts I share with the listeners are difficult, but we're facing a reality. It would be nice to think that is okay. It's 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 difficult to accept that things are are not the way they should be, and we have to face up the reality and see to it that we do things that ensure the future of the state of Israel. There is no two ways about it. We have no choice. We have only one Jewish state. We have a large Arab minority. They will have to accept that it is a Jewish state. For many, it will find it difficult, but we have no choice. We have no other place to go. We have to deal with a minority and see to it that they're kept quiet, at least, if not totally happy. 
it's a tough, it's a very tough situation to be in, and uh, but it's the one we are in, and we have to deal with it. These are the facts on the ground, and uh, hopefully our government and those that follow it will know how to handle the problem. Uh, I'll be back after the break. Hi, I'm Rabbi David Aaron. The soul basics are the most profound, the most essential, and yet often the most neglected in our education. Join me for Soul Talk on Israel's News Talk Radio and discover the secrets to love, spiritual growth, and personal power. You're listening to The Jay Shapiro Show. You're back with Jay Shapiro. I want to say a few things about occurrences that are taking place in Jerusalem over the last several weeks, we don't get much headline coverage, not here in Israel and not outside of Israel. And it has to do with unrest in Jerusalem. Israel's capital has been rife with unrest and violence as the Arab residents of East Jerusalem have come out in full show of force against Israeli rule. Two weeks ago, thousands gathered to participate in the funeral of a, uh, a, um, a Al Jazeera newswoman who was killed while covering a firefight between the Israeli army and terrorists. And uh, they had a funeral that was replete with Palestinian flags and nationalist slogans. Now, this funeral was one of the largest events of its kind in many years, and it was seen by many Palestinians as a major national event right in the heart of Jerusalem. The manner in which they were met by Israel's police forces, which had been covered extensively both here and by the global media, only added to the sense that East Jerusalem was not only a different city from West Jerusalem, but it could be an altogether different country. A week later, the feeling was accentuated by what the Israel TV called the most violent day in the capital since last year's Operation Guardian of the Walls. The Palestinians got another chance to display a massive show of force. Large-scale riots erupted in East Jerusalem after the funeral of a young Palestinian who died earlier in the week of wounds he sustained during clashes with Israeli police at the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound on the Temple Mount. He was the only Palestinian killed in the clashes that erupted with the police during Ramadan, which is the Muslim holy month. 
The huge turnout for the funeral was spurred on by calls on social media by Hamas and other Palestinian groups. The goal was to show there is no difference between East Jerusalem and the West Bank or the Gaza Strip. The turnout and the violence and resulting arrests were not that different from previous scenes of rioting, vandalism, and clashes with the police that have become almost commonplace in many areas of East Jerusalem, especially in communities like Israel, Shuafat, and Silwan. Incidentally, the, um, the uh, train, the uh, high speed line, the Jerusalem uh, high speed line runs through Shuafat. The names of those neighborhoods might be not be familiar to read to listeners, but most would probably be unable to recall when the last time, if ever, they entered one of them. The reality of Israel today is there are large swaths of its capital city, Jerusalem, that are too dangerous to step foot on if you're Jewish. Even the police and municipal civil servants avoid going near them. Now, one might argue that there are plenty of high-profile cities around with their areas that are very dangerous. I could mention Chicago, Los Angeles, a lot of American cities even. They have neighborhoods and areas with huge crime and murder rates that many people would go out of their way to avoid. However, Israel prides itself on its unified capital, Jerusalem, with every government and every prime minister uh, since the Six-Day War, vowing that Jerusalem would never be divided. And that belief that the eastern part of Jerusalem will never be up for negotiation might have something to do with a decision by the police to allow this year's Jerusalem Day flag march enter the old city through the Damascus Gate. That's this coming Sunday, Jerusalem Day. The route was blocked last year due to threats from Hamas that turned into Operation Guardian of the Walls. It ended up being a mini-war last year. That march, which should be a national non-political event celebrating Israel's victory back in 1967 and the reunification of Jerusalem, has long since turned into a show of strength by the Jews of Israel aimed at boasting ownership over the city, even the Arab sections inside and outside the old city. Now, I don't know what the final decision will be made on the route of the march. It will be made by Prime Minister Bennett in consultation with the Shim Bet, Israel security agencies. But the organizer of the march welcomed the police decision, saying there's nothing more suitable than a happy and unifying march from the west of the city to the east, through the places that the IDF liberated 55 years ago on the holiday of the capital of Israel. Now, by the way, it's very interesting. Yushalayim Day, uh, which is this uh, coming Sunday, is celebrated for some reason, which I can't explain, only in Jerusalem. It would seem to me that the fact that Israel returned to its capital 
after almost 2,000 years of exile, is something that should be celebrated by the entire country and by the entire Jewish people. The fact that it is not, and not to the best of my knowledge, a national holiday, only a municipal holiday, I think there's something wrong in that. Really, it's something that the, the return of Jerusalem to Jewish hands for the first time in 2,000 years is something that's important to Jews all around the world, and it should certainly be a holiday celebrated at the same level and the same enthusiasm as Israel Independence Day. Now, it turns out the, uh, there have been riots, clashes, and violence have been plaguing the capital in recent weeks. The, uh, there are those who are opposed to the march to the old city because they say that it will only stir up the Arabs. The truth of the matter is, I think the Arabs don't need much more stirring up. They're pretty stirred up to begin with. And my own personal opinion is that the, the, uh, the march should be held, and, and it, if it takes thousands of uh, policemen and soldiers to protect the march, then so be it. Uh, we, there are thousands of soldiers and uh, policemen protecting all kinds of things happening in Israel, but to give up on the show of sovereignty in, this, in the holy city, I think personally it's a mistake. There are those who are opposed to it. Uh, I've read in the Jerusalem Post, for example, an editorial in the Jerusalem Post, the English language newspaper, that are opposed to it. The, they write that the uh, marches are good ideas, but they don't exist in a vacuum. Israel has long ago forfeited sovereignty over parts of Jerusalem, and the march through to Damascus Gate won't restore it. That's according to the Jerusalem Post. I'm sure there are many people who uh, hold the same opinion. I particularly don't. You know, it's interesting. Uh, on the uh, There was a, um, a sort of holiday uh, in Maroon uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Lagba Omer, and because there was a tragedy there last year, thousands of policemen were there this year to uh, restore and maintain order so that you don't have a tragedy. And the truth of the matter is that Israel is able to meet all kinds of uh, diverse threats, uh, often by bringing up a lot of policemen uh, or even uh, secret agents, I guess, people who who don't wear uniforms, who are there to help keep the peace. And I think it's very important, at least in my, my opinion, it's important for Israel to exercise and to show sovereignty. I think that by giving in to the rioters will only uh, encourage them to further riot. Uh, obviously, it's a tough question, and the government's going to have to give an answer. And... Uh, by the time I have a program, God willing, next week, we'll see what happened. But it's an issue. We are the capital of the state of Israel, which is really the capital of the Jewish people, has areas that are not controlled by the state of Israel. And I think that is something that we cannot tolerate. So I just wanted to share 
that thought with the listeners. Sovereignty is difficult and has to be defended. And uh, it's very touchy here in Israel because we have a, a hostile population living among us. So it, it uh, adds additional uh, aspects of the problem of sovereignty and how one maintains it. And hopefully those in a position of responsibility will choose the right answer to show that indeed this is our capital, the capital of the Jewish people, and if it requires defense, it can be defended by the, by the army and the police of the Jewish people here in Israel. Thanks for listening. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 